The following podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Tale of the Manticore. Like the creature from which it takes its name, Tale of the Manticore is a mashup, a crossbreeding between two different species of storytelling. Here you will find the unpredictability of old school paper and dice games with the storycraft of a dark fantasy novel. No character is sacred and no character will be spared if the dice decide their fate is at hand. The dice determine all. According to lore, the tale of a manticore is barbed with cruel iron spikes. There will be much pain in the days ahead. Last time on Tale of the Manticore. In the last episode, Harl met with his two new retainers, the ranger, Raydel Clearbrook, and the artificer, Bayoun Rumblebell. Although they may not be Harl's idea of the perfect pair of guides, they are the best Thangar can presently offer, as all of their silver and gold-ranked fighters are down in the mines, attempting to repel some kind of invasion. Next, we flash back 20 years and across an ocean to the Empire of Koth. We learn of Sov's growing obsession with his grandfather's mysterious tome, and then about the bloody incident which eventually saw young Sov, no doubt protected by his family's name, effectively banished to New Lethwin, where he would live out the rest of his life as a lowly shipping clerk. At least, that's what the punishment was intended to achieve. Returning to the present, the party's expedition to the Cloudspur Mountain, where they hope to find Blacknail's vault, begins. Several days pass without incident until, on their fourth day of travel at night, in the foothills, something finds them, and the party is forced to defend themselves in the blackness of night. The sleeping companions have been surrounded by nine hobgoblins. Hobgoblins are not especially tough, being one plus one hit die monsters, but they are at an advantage in this fight. They surround the party, so escape will not be possible unless the companions fight their way out. Also, it's extremely dark. Those who do not have dark vision will have trouble hitting their targets. It's not quite blind fighting, but anyone who has ever been outside on a nearly moonless night will know. It is extremely hard to see. I will rule that the humans will fight at a minus two penalty to hit, and that the party will not be able to use any ranged weapons. Furthermore, although Harl and Raydel sleep in their armor, Gyrios does not. He will have time to grab his shield before the fight begins, but his armor class will be reduced to an eight during this fight. Speaking of Gyrios, he might well wish to cast his spell of Bless, but because the rules state that it cannot be cast during melee, I will rule that he will not be able to cast it unless they win the first round of initiative. One more item on the subject of spells. Rumblebell has two first level spells at his disposal. You can read all about the Artificer class on taleofthemanticore.blogspot.com if you like. I've rolled to determine his spells at random. He has Detect Magic and Protection from Evil. One last thing before we start rolling dice. I need to stat up these hobgoblins. I'll put them in three groups of three to keep it simple. Hobgoblins get an AC of six. One group carries spears and has six hit points each. 
another wield rusty longswords and has, again, six hit points. Finally, there is a group that fights with battle axes. They will get, these are big ones, nine hit points each. Okay, clearly the axe wielders are the leaders of this group. It was probably one of them that threw the first spear, signaling the attack. I've already rolled for surprise off mic and found that neither side was surprised. So, without further delay, we are entering combat. Round one, initiative. The party, a six, the hobgoblins, a three, the party goes first. Because they've won initiative, Gyrios can cast Bless and does so. This will give a plus one to all attack and damage rolls for the next six turns. It also improves morale, but that's not applicable in this case. Umora will also cast a spell. She casts the spell Shield on Gyrios, bringing his AC up to a three. Rumblebell is also a spellcaster. He casts Protection from Evil, effectively improving his armor class by one point. Now onto the fighters. As the first Hobgoblin charges into him, Harl swings out. Harl is a very effective fighter. He only needs an eight to hit them. His roll, a 17. Harl connects. Four, let's see. His axe does one to eight points on its own. He has a strength bonus of plus one. Gyrios's bless spell provides an additional plus one. And his axe is now enchanted for a total of plus three. Here's the roll. Okay, six points in total. Harl buries his axe head into the first hobgoblin's chest, dropping it. <laughs> Next is Eridine. Eridine is blessed, but she can barely see. After applying her pluses and minuses, she will need a 14 to hit. Her roll? A one. She is tripped in the dark and misses her next round. <sighs> next up is Raydell. Raydell is also blessed, but partially blind. He needs a 14 to hit. His roll? A 17. Raydell's only weapon is a dagger that he usually keeps in his boot. He can't use his bow in this fight, so the dagger it will be. One to four points of damage, plus one for the bless. Just two points. Now it's the Hobgoblin's turn. Two of them face Raydell. They'll need a 13 to hit his armor class. The first one shoves his spear forward. An eight is a miss. Another one swings a rusty sword. An 18, that's a hit. Four three points of damage. A big hobgoblin carrying an axe manages to shove past the defensive perimeter that Raydell, Harl, Gyrios, and Eridine have tried to form. This one manages to get to Umura, and Umura's armor class is just an eight. All she's got is that ring of protection. That means the hobgoblin only needs to roll a 10 to hit her. It's gotten an 11, that's a hit. The brute towers over her and smashes her with his axe handle for two points. Get it. Eridine will face off against one hobgoblin. It needs a 13 to hit her. The roll? An 18, that's a hit. The spear flashes in and catches her for four points of damage. Harl will need to defend against two of these creatures. The first one swings a mighty ax. It will need a 14 to hit Harl. The roll? Another 18, another hit. Harl takes three points of damage. A second hobgoblin, laughing maniacally, decides to take advantage of Harl being unbalanced and jabs forward with its spear. It also needs a 14 to hit. It's rolled a five and has missed. The tip of its spear cannot penetrate Harl's plate mail. 
Gyrios must also face off against two hobgoblins. Because of Umura's spell of shield, they will need a 15 to hit him. A hobgoblin carrying a longsword rushes up and swings. A four is a miss. Another of the larger hobgoblins with an axe comes. A 13 is also a miss. Gyrios is lucky this round. Even though one of their number was savagely cut down by Harl immediately in their attack, the hobgoblins have clearly gotten the upper hand. I'm not going to make a morale check. They've landed four blows this round and feel that they are winning. Round two, initiative. The party, a five, the hobgoblins, a four. Luckily, the party keeps the initiative. If they hope to win this fight, they'll need to thin the number of their attackers quickly. Gyrios makes his first melee attack, swinging out with his flail. He needs a 14 to hit the hobgoblins, AC of six. He's rolled a nine and missed. Umora is not going to mess around. She's going to cast another spell immediately. She casts Charm Person on the axe-wielding hobgoblin that just hit her. The monster needs a 16 to resist the spell. With a three, it has failed and is now under her thrall. From now on, it will attack its fellows. Rumblebell is no fighter at all, but he does have a dagger. He'll need a 12 to hit. An 11, close but not good enough. Harl steps over the body of the hobgoblin he put down and swings at another opponent. But with a two, he is missed. Next is Aradine, but she is tripped in the dark and will miss her turn this round. That brings us to Raydel. Raydel needs a 14 to hit. An 18, Raydel has scored yet another hit. But for just two more points, bad luck for Raydel. His opponent still stands. Now it's the hobgoblin's turn. Raydel faces two. One of them jabs forward with its spear. It needs a 13 to hit him. A nine is a miss. A second hobgoblin carrying a sword swings at Raydel as well. With a 15, it connects. Six points, that's a deep cut. Raydel has only seven hit points left. Next up is the axe-wielding hobgoblin that Umura has charmed. It will turn on its brother. It needs a 12 to hit. It's got a 12 and hits. It's only scored two points, but the closest one to it was the hobgoblin that Raydel had wounded twice, and it dies. In the confusion of battle, the other hobgoblins do not yet realize what is going on. As Eridine picks herself off the ground, a spear lances towards her. At 11, she's managed to dodge out of the way. Nearby, Harl faces off against an axe-wielding hobgoblin. It needs a 14 to hit him. A 15 is a hit. For three points, the axe slams against his pauldron and shivers down through his frame, and the impact of the blow drops Harl to a knee. Another hobgoblin, this one carrying a spear, makes his attack. A five is a miss. Finally, Gyrios faces off against two hobgoblins. One of them swings a sword. He needs a 15 to hit him. A 12 does not do it. Gyrios manages to get his silver shield up in time to block the blow. And lastly, a hobgoblin carrying an axe makes a mighty swing. 20, a critical hit. That's max damage plus a die. Here's the second roll. Oh no, an eight. That's 16 points. The hobgoblin's axe slashes him across the back. Get it, cool Oh! Gyrios is now well below half of his hit points, and another round like this will kill him. 
Round 3. It's hard to tell how this battle is going. It's not going especially well though. Here's hoping the party can keep the initiative and start landing some hits. Initiative. The party. A 2. The Hobgoblins. Also a 2. All action will take place simultaneously. If anyone goes down, they will get a chance to strike back. Gyrios is up first. He'll strike out with his flail and needs a 14 to hit. Natural 20! Gyrios can give it straight back. 10 points crushes the axe wielder's skull. Umora is next. She recklessly leaps to Eridine's aid. She'll need a 15 to hit. 16! Her blade connects with flesh. Four. Four points! Good job, Umora. This hobgoblin has just two hit points remaining. Now it's Rumblebell's turn. He'll need a 12 to hit. A one. Rumblebell has critically failed. Even though he can see in the dark, he trips and goes rolling down the hill, falling ass over tea kettle. Now it's Harl's turn. Harl needs an eight to hit the hobgoblin's AC of six. A 19, well that's more like it. With this combined plus three, he gets eight points of damage. This takes the axe wielder down to one hit point. Eridine slashes her short sword wildly in the dark. An eight misses. Like Eridine, Raydel needs a 14 to hit his opponent. An eight is a miss. Now it's the Hobgoblin's turn. One of them slashes at Raydel with a sword. A six misses. Umora's charmed Hobgoblin now attacks his companion. A one, that's a critical fail. This Hobgoblin will miss its next turn. Eridine is facing off against a Hobgoblin wielding a spear. It needs a 13 to hit her. An 11 misses and she dodges the blow. Harl is facing off against a badly wounded axe wielding Hobgoblin. It will need a 14 to hit him. A three will not do it. This Hobgoblin has been weakened badly. Another Hobgoblin, this one holding a spear, tries to get around Harl's flank. A 12 misses as well and the spear tip glances off the dwarf's armor. The hobgoblin, who wounded Gyrio so badly last turn, laughs with demented glee and strikes out again. With the nine, it has missed. Because the initiative for this round was simultaneous, the axe-wielding hobgoblin that Gyrios took out gets to strike back. It will need a 15 to hit Gyrios. Natural 20, what are the chances? That's two in a row. Well, this is serious. If I roll an eight on the die, Gyrios will die here. Is it possible that after all this time, Gyrios, a fourth level cleric, will fall to a hobgoblin? Here's the roll. A four. It's a brutal hit. The blade of the hobgoblin's axe bites deep into Gyrios' arm. Get echo, man! Gyrios feels bone break, and he staggers, but he does not fall. Round four. Until that last hit, I thought things were going pretty well for the party. Now I'm not so sure. Initiative is more important than ever. Here are the rolls. The party. A four. The hobgoblins. A two. This is the party's chance to grab the upper hand. Gyrios decides to forego his attack this round and instead casts Cure Light Wounds on himself. He gets back seven points. Now he has 11 and is not at risk of dying at a single blow anymore. Umura tries to land another blow. A three will not do it. As for Rumblebell, he is at the bottom of the hill and will spend this round recovering. Harl feigns left and then lunges straight ahead. 
A 13 connects. With 10 points of damage, he has knocked his opponent to the ground and then buries his axe in its chest. Aradeen stabs into the darkness. 13 is a miss. Raydell also makes his attack. A 17 hits. His dagger causes three points of damage, but his opponent was fresh and still has three hit points left. That same hobgoblin returns the attack, but an eight misses. Now it's the charmed hobgoblin's turn, but it critically failed last turn and will miss this turn. Aradine's opponent swings its spear towards her legs, trying to trip her up, but an eight is a miss. Harl faces an axe-wielding hobgoblin. Its weapon comes whistling in. A six on the die. Harl has stepped aside in time to avoid the blow. <laughs> Lastly, a hobgoblin sneers at Gyrios and makes a two-handed attack <laughs> with its longsword. An 11 is a miss. I'm going to make a morale check now that the hobgoblin's numbers have been cut in half. Hobgoblins have a morale of eight. On a 2d6, an eight. The rules say on a tie, they stay and fight. Round five. This might be the final round. I think the tide has turned back in the companion's favor. Initiative. The party. The four. The hobgoblins. A two. That's the same as last round. With luck, the party can finish the combat right here. Gyrio swings his flail. A two is a miss. Umura makes her strike. A ten. Another miss. Rumblebell tries to recover enough to get back up the hill. When he reaches the top, he engages the hobgoblin, fighting Harl. Another one with two critical fails in a row. I'm going to say he is out of this fight for good. Now it's Harl's turn. He needs an eight to hit his opponent. A 12. There's no need to roll damage. This hobgoblin only had one hit point, and this shot will kill it. Eridine, still unable to see well, strikes wildly in the dark. A 19 connects. Again, there's no need to roll. The Bless Bell guarantees two points on this strike as a minimum, and that is all that is needed. The tip of Aradine's short sword pierces this hobgoblin's chest, and it dies on her blade. <laughs> Next up is Raydell. He slashes with his dagger. A 10 is a miss. Now it's the hobgoblin's turn. There are only four of them left. One of them strikes at Raydell. With an 18, it has hit him. Its sword slashes across his shin. With six points, that's a deep cut. Raydell now has just one hit point left. <laughs> the hobgoblin charmed by Umora has now recovered enough to make its attack. A nine is a miss. Eridine sees the tip of a spear coming through the darkness straight at her. Will her reflexes save her? A 14 means she is hit. Four, two points of damage, a glancing blow. She still has nine hit points left. The hobgoblin facing Gyrios makes another two-handed attack. With a 19, he has hit. Three points of damage. The cleric has eight hit points left. <laughs> round six. I think this will have to be the final round. There are only two hobgoblins left in the fight. Initiative. The party, a four. The hobgoblins, also a four. Simultaneous combat. All fighters crash together at once. Gyrios will spend his turn casting Cure Light Wounds on Raydell. The ranger is cured for three hit points. Umora, as if suddenly realizing the danger that she's in, steps out of the fight, but not Harl. He slashes wildly at his opponent. A 16 hits. 11 points. 
Harl practically cuts his opponent in half at the midsection. <laughs> Eredin makes her attack. A one. Eredin has tripped on a corpse and hits the ground hard. <laughs> Raydel makes his swing. A four is a miss. <laughs> now it's the Hobgoblin's turn. The Hobgoblin who is charmed swings at its former companion. It will need a 12 to hit. I've got a 12. That's a hit. Four. Four points of damage. That's enough to kill it. But because initiative was simultaneous, this hobgoblin gets one dying blow. It thrusts its sword at Raydell. An 18 is a hit. Just two points of damage. The final enemy falls, and this fight is over. After the battle, Umura, who speaks the goblin tongue competently, asks her thrall if there are other hobgoblins in the area, and the hobgoblin says yes. The rest of his tribe is just a few miles to the south. Umura sends the creature west on a fool's errand, telling it that she lost a ruby ring somewhere in the foothills, and that she will not have a moment's peace until it is found and returned to her. The hobgoblin runs off, looking for the ring that it will never find. All right, this <laughs> cow in all and Vex's gaming Rexes or whatever it is. Thanks for the intro, Dave. I'm Steve, host of All Anthrax's Gaming Vexes, a podcast documenting my ongoing mission to run or at least play all of the RPGs that I seem to be incapable of stopping myself buying. And you'll see me uh, frequently uh, fiddling with something in my hands. Each episode, I get together with a group of fellow gamers that have either played a game I've run or who've GM'd a game for me. We chat through what we've enjoyed about the game and some ways we could have improved the experience whilst making a series of terrible jokes along the way. Was it hot chat action? Sometimes we con game designers who really should know better to come along and talk to us about their games and maybe run an actual play segment to give us an idea of their vision for their game. I've told this story before for anyone. Our topics range from old school favourites like RuneQuest through to some of those newfangled narrative games all the cool kids talk about. When you listen, I want you to feel as though you're sitting around our gaming table, taking part in our post-game chat and helping dispose of the last of the crisps and ale. I'll just wax my bowstring and think about the death of the tainted. Oh no, eight, nine, eight. So, if you like listening to people droning on excitedly about games in a range of regional British accents, All Anthrex's Gaming Vexes is the pod for you, and you'll find it on your podcasting app of choice. On occasion, you may even hear something really insightful, but I'm making no promises. Over to you, Dave. Fight to Bonkses and make it a Titan. <laughs> Keep it tight. That battle did not go well at all. A party of six third and fourth level characters should be able to handle nine hobgoblins with relative ease, day or night. I think that nobody is going to be able to sleep after that. The characters will spend the next few hours in darkness, nervously anticipating another attack. By the time dawn creeps over the eastern horizon, they are exhausted. Everyone in the party is hurt except for Rumblebell, but he is no less terrified for the experience. Additionally, after his pathetic performance in battle, Rumblebell is going to be wrestling with shame and self-doubt. But things went especially badly for Raydel and Gyrios, both of whom came very, very close to the edge. They'll be nursing wounds for the foreseeable future. Speaking of wounds, having been deprived of proper rest, none of the characters will benefit from natural healing. 
Gyrios will get back his spells after morning prayers, however. He'll use one on himself to fix his broken arm, and the other on the ranger. The first prayer knits his bones back together, but that is all. The wound is still quite bad. Gyrios only receives back two hit points. He casts it again, this time on the ranger, who receives only three. Given the weakness of these prayers, Gyrios is probably a little confused. I think his usual gregarious self will not be heard from for at least a few days, as he loses himself in personal reflection. With no more healing magic available, Raydell bandages his wounds to the best of his skill, thanks the cleric for trying, and confers with Rumblebell. Shortly thereafter, he informs the party that, according to the Artificer's map, there is a spring not too far off their planned route. He will collect their water skins, fill them at the spring, and catch up with them later in the day. It's safer and faster than all of them going together. It's true that the party needs water, but Raydell is eager to be away from them. He is used to working alone, and suddenly finds himself feeling exposed and vulnerable in a large group that cannot travel the countryside undetected. Even in his weakened state, he knows that he will be much safer on his own. Before the party strikes their simple camp, they loot the fallen hobgoblins. I wonder if they'll find anything of value. I'll say there's a 50% chance of finding something of modest value and a 5% chance of finding something really good. Rolling for mundane items. Yes, there is something. I'll just say that they'll find one to 100 gold pieces worth of mixed coins. Rolling D100. 91, a good roll. There's also the 5% chance for something really good. A 32, so that's a no. Still, 91 gold coins is a decent haul. The ranger's departure leaves Rumblebell to lead the party, using his maps. The artificer has the wisdom not to complain about his bumps and bruises as they walk and the miles go by. In fact, nobody says a word for hours. The party limps its way back into the Kazmirioth, feeling a lot less confident. As dejected as they are, at least it's not raining. Or is it? Rolling dice for weather and stumble upon, and a suddenly very dangerous wandering encounter die. For weather, a three, of course, it does rain. A drizzle begins around midday, hours after Raydell has left to get water. Then the gray skies grow dark and rain comes in great fat drops, soaking everyone to the skin. Rumblebell can contain himself no longer and starts to complain loudly, irritating everyone around him. Everyone else hunches forward as they walk, miserably trying and failing to ward off the cold rain. Stumble upon. An 18, close, but only a 20 will be meaningful. Wandering encounters. In their condition, the party cannot afford another fight. They had better pray to pass through the lower mountains unnoticed. A 3 on the die means they do. At the end of a very long and unpleasant day, they arrive at the rendezvous point. It is a small ruin. Once, long ago, it served as a storage depot. Rumblebell knew of its location from his maps. The three on the wandering encounter die, I take to mean that nothing has made its home here. They make camp inside the short crumbling walls and Harl wonders aloud if they will ever see the ranger again. Do you think he'll return? There was a look in his eyes. Did you notice? He'll return. Sure as stone, young chief. Rumblebell is correct. He knows the Sachori would sooner cut off his own arm than break a contract or abandon a friend. By the time the sun dips out of sight in the west, Raydell could be heard approaching from the south. Like everyone else, he is soaked to the skin. His wet bandages are pale pink with blood, and his eyes are hard. He throws the filled water skins into a pile near the group, drops his bedroll, 
and curls up to sleep without as much as a word of greeting. Dramatis Personae, Raydell Clearbrook. Raydell Clearbrook is a third-level human male ranger hailing from the independent city-state of Sacharos, which lies in the foothills of the Kazmirioth, close to Thangar. Because of its proximity to the Dwarven Citadel and the skillful diplomacy of Thangar's leadership, the two communities have enjoyed decades of harmonious coexistence. It is not uncommon to find a Sachori drinking in the Dead Troll Tavern, and the Dwarven traders of Thangar can often be found selling their wares inside the walls of Sachoros. Lean and tall, with dark hair and striking dark blue eyes, Sachori men and women value freedom and honor above all else. As a people, they refuse to be ruled and will not pledge fealty or pay tribute to any other nation. As individuals, they will choose death over capture and will never surrender in a fight. Given their proclivity towards independence, many Sachori become guides, messengers, and rangers. Raydell Clearbrook has a vocation for the latter, and he excels at it. He is a deadeye with a longbow, and can forage and hunt in almost any terrain. He can track with some skill, and when traveling alone, is able to remain virtually unseen. Although he avoids combat whenever possible, if he is forced to fight, he prefers to strike from a distance with his bow. Raydell is typical of his people in appearance. He is 29 years old, at the peak of his health and abilities. While generally a quiet and reserved man, he does enjoy a good laugh now and then and has a surprisingly sharp wit. He has known the artificer, Rumblebell, for six years. They met initially when the dwarf hired him to help verify the accuracy of some old maps and have worked together, on and off, in a similar capacity many times since. Raydell trusts Rumblebell and enjoys his company. Like all Sachori, Raydell Clearbrook is governed by his sense of honor. Despite the obvious danger of their mission, he will not abandon his duty to deliver the group to the base of the Cloudspur. What he'll do once they've reached their destination is, as yet, undecided. Thanks for listening to Tale of the Manticore. If you like the show and want to support it, there are a number of ways to do so. One of the best is to rate or review the show. Thanks to everyone who's taken the time to help out. I'd like to read a review from the Podcast Addict app. This one was posted by Dave Paters. Dave writes, Love the pod. Works on several levels, as a book and a game. My only criticism is that there's not enough episodes. Thanks, Dave. The Manticore Fiction Factory is working 24-7 to maximize fantasy production. More stories are on the way. If rating or reviewing isn't your thing, there's a new way to support the show. I've just released a rules ultralight RPG called One Shot in the Dark. You can buy it on DriveThruRPG for the price of a cup of coffee. Although One Shot in the Dark is not related to Tale of the Manticore, all proceeds from the sale of the game will go towards maintaining and improving the show. My thanks to the voice talent on this episode. Rumblebell is played by James Schrall from the wonderful solo play podcast Subclass Act. Radel Clearbrook is played by Bruno of the Chronicles of the Crimson Hound YouTube channel. Thanks to both James and Bruno for their contributions to the show. The story will continue on the next episode of Tale of the Manticore, the story where chaos rolls. Well, hello there, young adventurer. I've been waiting for you. We've met before, don't you remember? Ah, no worries. I'm quite forgetful myself. The other sparks are waiting for you. 
Vrayeth, Shui, Theo, and Brandy. They've had such wonderful tales to tell. A truly marvelous story. I wonder which one of them will be the chosen one. Perhaps none of them will. Perhaps it will be you. The morning's coming soon. I have to leave now. Will I see you again? I sure hope so. Is a story really a story if there's no one to tell it to? Well, goodbye for now, adventurer. Chosen Ones is a visual novel-style D&D podcast on YouTube that releases every Thursday at 1pm CST. Find us on Twitter at Chosen Ones D&D. Come adventure with us.